welcome to this uh, this what's today? Is today Sunday? It's Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Day edition of Drink Pod Repeat. Uh, I am Cam. I am Nick. And we are here for your uh, beer listening pleasure. Um, two times within a week that yeah. we have recorded. Yeah, we've this done this pretty well. Two times within two weeks, I think. Is it? Pretty okay. much, yeah. Okay, it's been within ten days, I think at least. So doing well. Yeah, doing yeah, well. we're um, you know, we we take two months off and then we knock out two in less than two weeks. So. Hitting a stride, <laughs> hitting a stride. So uh, thank you all for listening today. Um, got some news for you from Great American Beer Fest. You know, a few other just interesting topics, I suppose. And yeah, uh, not a whole lot of state news going on. It's been kind of no, quiet. Not necessarily. Um, what was your week like? Uh, it was good. You know, things are, things are picking up. School is, you know, keeping me busy and lots of, lots of deliveries. Kids are drinking. Um, hopefully parents you know, weekend. Lately. Yes. It's, it's parents weekend here in Columbia. Sweet God. Um, the, if you watched the, uh, the UCF game yesterday, they probably mentioned that a few times. And, and fortunately for all the families that came to visit and it was no win in the end. Go Cox. Um, go Cox. Yeah. Two and two, baby. We'll, uh. We're, we're we're breaking even, and we're getting into the really easy games now. Riding that wave to <laughs> mediocrity. Um, but your parents' weekend in, here in town is uh, a good excuse not to leave your house. So um, I pretty much just I think Saturday during the game I had the the game on TV. My wife was working, so I was kind of home alone and was live streaming the JBF uh, medal results. Mm-hmm. Um, while drinking, obviously, so sure. it wasn't you know it, it was a good way to be a recluse, I guess. Um, how about you? Kind of the same, yeah. Just went went and tailgated for the game this weekend, and then took the shuttle back to my car, and my girlfriend picked me up, and I went home and watched the game from the house. Just, I just didn't feel like spending money to go inside the game and watch this stage five dumpster fire. Take yeah. The field. Uh, See, I don't like. I don't like going to games because I'm just paranoid that I'm going to pay money and see them lose. I, I love going to games, but this year, this is the first year that I've been here out of, I guess this is my eighth football season, I think, since I've been in Columbia. This is the first year that I really, I'm not feeling as motivated to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it does have something to do with that we're not good. It has something to do with the fact that I'm broke. And I'm just in a different yeah. mindset where now, like, <laughs> I think I honestly prefer to just watch them from my couch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, see, I say that not wanting to, to pay tickets to see a team lose. And just the other day, I, I dropped some some cash on some Falcons tickets for this coming Sunday when they play the Texans. I'll be going to Atlanta um, Very cool. to, to visit a, or see a friend who's visiting from Pennsylvania. So I'll be brewery hopping and going to the Falcons game uh, at the Dome against Houston on Sunday. Uh, they are three and zero right now. Um, they had a good game today against uh, the Cowboys. Comeback, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was afraid they scored the last twenty five points of the game. They blanked them in the second half. It was, was afraid beautiful. that you guys were going to poop the bed against. Brandon I was Wheaton. afraid too. Yeah. I had people texting me, "What the hell's going on?" I'm like, you know what? I, I, I think the defense didn't make the plane. Um, so <laughs> sure, <laughs> but sure. they showed up, so that that would be good. And I'll have uh, some, I guess, Atlanta adventure beer stories next week. Playing on brewery, hopping yeah. a bit, and. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff in Atlanta. We're actually, I got some beers lined up that we can drink later from them. For sure. Around there. Where so. are you going to go? Um, Red Brick? Red Brick uh, no, me. I won't go to Red Brick because there's a beer festival there oh, on cool, Saturday. Cool. And uh, my friend, uh, Tierney, who's visiting from from up in Harrisburg, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we had talked about going but decided against it. Um, so I think that 
um, you know, we may cross paths before we hop in. I definitely want to go to Orpheus. I definitely want to go to Monday night. Cool. Um, those are two that I've, I've had before and I really enjoy, but I haven't had a chance to see their locations yet. And then out in Decatur, there's, um, uh, wild heaven and three taverns. Um, and those I've been to three taverns before. It's fantastic. Um, Wild Heaven, I haven't had a chance to visit yet, so you know, may hop around a bit. And I just found out I was doing research because um, I think we've talked about this on a previous episode. But Georgia beer laws were different up until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, when you go, you do not buy beer; you're buying a tour. You can't go. You can't Tasting just sit at the tickets. bar. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. basically, the, the way that their law is structured is you're purchasing a souvenir glass and you're getting free samples with it, and it's yep. like. $10 for a glass. It is either a taster glass or a pint glass or something like that. And you get tickets and those are good for a certain number of pours. Mm-hmm. Um, now they actually have it structured where you can, at, at certain breweries, depending on whether they do it in six packs or, or bombers or seven fifties or whatever, they have this tier structure where you can just, you can pay for either you get, you know, the souvenir glass and tastings with the tour, or you can pay for, uh, the tour, and a uh, souvenir six pack of a type of, of of a certain type of beer, interesting for about the same price. Or you can pay for the souvenir glass, the tastings, the tour, and a souvenir six pack on top of that. Okay. And so you basically your your per, you can purchase beer from the breweries uh-huh. now. You yeah. still I, you still can't go get growler fills. Right. You can't right. do anything like that, and you can't just walk in and buy stuff off the street. But they give you the options now, which is really cool because. I can drop, I think it's like, um, I was looking at Orpheus, and it's $24 for mm-hmm. uh, the glass, about s- maybe like six to eight tastings, I can't remember the exact number, and a six-pack of beer. So you're basically, or it's $12 just for the tasting and the tour. Right. So you'd pay $12 for a six-pack of their stuff anyway. Why not just get it there while you're at Yeah, the you might as well up And it. have it yeah. fresh instead of going to a store and not knowing how fresh it is. That's cool, yeah. Um, I know Three Taverns does... Um, I think they do like uh, they offer bombers or, or 750s if mm-hmm. they have anything in stock of like seasonal releases or whatnot. So that's a really cool deal, and it's, it's, it'll kind of. I was in Atlanta last October actually for a friend's wedding, and so that I haven't been there since then or seen how things have changed right. and grown. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, to compare and contrast just how things are in the Palmetto State. Yeah, absolutely. That's a city that I have not been and really explored the breweries. the The last time that I was there. I went and did the the Sweetwater tour, and you know, theirs is such a strange business model for doing tours. But they're only open one day a week. They're only open on Saturday from two o'clock to four o'clock, and I mean, same thing. Uh, it's actually free if you want it to be. They give you a plastic cup yeah. with six tasting tickets. Yeah, really small little samples. Yeah, or or they. You can pay $10 and you get a pint glass with the same number of tickets. But if you buy the pint glass, they're only supposed to give you, I think it's eight ounces or 10 ounces of each beer. If you buy the they're, pint glass, they pretty much fill it up because they, they yeah. appreciate that you purchase the pint glass. And, you know, it's such a massive facility, but they've got somebody coming through the tap room every 15 minutes with a sign that says tours this way. You follow them, you go and see that, you know, their production facility is insane yeah just unbelievable the three taverns when we went there uh last year uh the glass that you got was an eight ounce taster glass Mm -hmm. it was a nice like stemware glass and they gave you wooden tokens cool yeah their logo on it and three taverns makes really incredible beer so Uh it was was nice to sit there actually 
I have some three taverns tokens left over, so I may have to sneak some of those. Sweet. <laughs> get some, maybe yeah. get some extra samples or I, something. See, I want to go back. <laughs> now that I've done Sweetwater, you know, the thing that's like, okay, you got to see it. Now I want to go back and do, like, just the, you know, the different places that, like, you know, I want to go and actually sit down and drink the beer. Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. I don't go to Atlanta that often, but I'll have to, you know, the Braves are terrible this year. Next year, I'll pick a game, and I'll go and mm-hmm. do some beer and go watch a Braves game. So. Yeah, I haven't been to a Falcons game in... Gosh, it's been maybe like four or five years. Um, my wife and I um, went on a, like a birthday weekend trip back when we were still dating, and we saw the, the I think they played the Buccaneers, and they won that mm-hmm. year. So that was that's good because that's a division game. Cool, yeah, yeah. It was cool for that, but they're playing the Texans this year, and it's maybe the last time I get to see a game in the dome because they'll have the Mercedes Benz uh, oh. slash. Yes. Uh, anus stadium open does, <laughs> before you know does it does look like a butthole <laughs> does look like a butthole that's why i gotta Sorry. go see a few braves games next year because they're moving yeah out to oh fucking god marietta uh, god bullshit. it's the worst <laughs> nothing against marietta i've spent some time there it's a fine place for you know rich anglo-saxon people mm-hmm. but uh that's why they're moving there is because that's where the season ticket holders are and it just yeah. it blows that the braves not love Turner are Field. not gonna be in atlanta anymore yeah you know? yeah exactly and it it, it, it kind of sucks for me i'm not a big baseball fan but you know i support all the atlanta teams just because i'm from georgia so i kind of have an allegiance to them no matter what sure um but turner field was the olympic stadium in 96 yeah, yeah. so the olympics i mean i was i still remember the olympics really fondly we had um a family come and stay with us from Australia. Their mm-hmm. son was a uh, on the rowing team, and oh, he actually cool. medaled. And we got to go. My my hometown is right on the lake where they all they did all the rowing, canoe, and kayaking mm-hmm. events. So, um, I mean that 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 stadium has always been really kind of like close to my heart because it, they did have um, it was Fulton County Stadium right next to it. And yes. they built that one up. The Braves moved there afterward, and they tore down Fulton County. Mm-hmm. And now they're not going to tear down Turner Field, are they? They're going to just they're going to like repurpose it. I I don't know. I honestly. hope they don't because it's I, a really nice stadium. It is. It's really it's nice it's going to celebrate its twentieth anniversary this coming year, and then they're going to. That's right. They're going to move ninety six. Yeah, it, yeah. It was built in ninety six. Yep. Damn. It's it's kind of sad. Kind of sad. But we're going to um, drink sports for Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Away from sad baseball news back to back to beer so uh great american beer festival um held out in uh out in denver this past week mm-hmm. um we had a few friends that were out there from river red i know is there and then friends from some north carolina breweries that made their way out there as well yeah there were um six brews on the floor um let me pull up because i know i posted about it yesterday uh holy city river dog river rat rj rockers swamp rabbit and Thomas Creek were all on the floor. Swamp Rabbit, went? yeah, mm-hmm. cool. I yeah. I love their stuff, and I feel like I don't see them enough, and that that excites me. That yeah, they they've they've gotten some medals and competitions and and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I know um, my friend Andrew was out there for them, and uh, they're a lot more competed. They because the, the way it works is you can actually you can pay and be on the floor and pour your beer mm-hmm. and have representatives out there and talk with folks. But if you don't want to pay for that, you can just pay to enter you your still beer in the competition. Beer. Yeah. And you you being on the floor has no bearing on the competition because it's, to, it's no, totally... No, the judges thing. are entirely separate. Right, yeah. right. Um, so I think there was something like 6,700 entries, uh, different beers entered mm-hmm. in the competition, Fifteen, more than 1,500 brewers from uh, across the country entered. 
And uh, the great state of South Carolina walked away with a giant old goose egg of medals, <laughs> sadly. Um, it's okay. All it's the breweries. Okay. I, I don't have a full list of the breweries that entered, but um, none of them placed no bronze. Uh, they, if you're not familiar with GABF, they do gold, silver, and bronze medals for, for a whole specific categories. range yeah. of categories. Um, so, yeah, South Carolina walked away with nothing. Uh, we have better luck on even years. Um, Holy City won in... 2014 and 2012 um washout we won last year and then pluff mud got the gold for porter in 2012 really? that oh, was wow. a real big deal yeah i mean um, that's one of my favorite porters of all time mm-hmm. like it's so fucking good and then going back uh thomas creek won in 2000 uh 2010 and 2008 rj rockers won in 2009 so generally we have better luck on even years um so next year is our year Yay. It's coming. Um, I was actually supposed to go. Um, it was going to be a birthday present for my wife because I hit the big 3-0 in, uh, in whoop, October. Whoop. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, did, that didn't work out for, for job reasons and whatnot. So, sadly, didn't get to go this year. But there's always next year. And yeah. next year, they'll win something. So, I get to be around when yep. they uh, when they win. Yep. Wishful thinking. Uh, North Carolina walked away with a bunch, including some folks up in Charlotte. Sycamore got bronze um, for their Southern Girl Lager. Uh, that was in the American style light lager category. Uh, actually, Coors Banquet won the gold in that category. Banquet beer, <laughs> the banquet. Um, Triple C won bronze uh, for their three C IPA uh, in the strong American pale ale category. Fauna Flora won a gold for field beer. Duck Rabbit won a couple of bronze medals. Uh, Raleigh won a bronze. Gibbs Hundred Brewing uh, won a gold for uh, ESB. And then Wicked Weed won a big category. It was the American IPA, American style IPA category. I think it was like 600 something entries. Very crowded, yeah. Um, yeah. When I, I actually I live streamed the uh, award ceremony, mm-hmm. and they said at the beginning of the of the awards that they were going to do that last. Um, they said because they're going to save that big category for the end. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but Wicked Weed, their pernicious won silver out of like 600. I think it was like 630 something entries. So expect their star to rise just even more it's after pretty that. Wild. Yeah. I mean, and Wicked Weed is one of the fastest rising breweries on the East Coast, you know, for, for those that know or don't know. But Pernicious is crazy good. I had that on my Asheville beer trip a few weeks ago, and it is uh, definitely something to be sought out. So I'll be in Charlotte in a couple of weeks. So hopefully it'll still yep, be around. Yep. And are they any, are they any closer to signing in South Carolina? Like as far as no, they've actually they've inked a deal in Georgia. They've uh-huh. already started distribution there. I think it's for Tyrant and Pernicious. Um, and I think Freak as well. Cool. Um, the, just the stuff that they've been packaging. And I know that yeah. that yeah, new yeah, pumpkin yeah. beer that they did. I can't remember the name of it. I don't think I had um, that one. But I, I I have no inside information as far as my distributor goes at Vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm low on the totem pole, so I obviously wouldn't get that until after the deal was done. Sure. But sure. I know I've heard from people and all the distributors that everyone is basically jostling for them. Um, so it's, I would say it's a matter of when, not if they come to right, South Carolina. Right. And now, especially that they're in Georgia, it would make so much more sense it, for it would, them to eventually come here. Yeah. It wouldn't, it um, wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for them to drive through our entire state and not sell anything, right. you know, cause Gotta go through here to get there. So. Yeah, so I think it'll it'll happen. Um, speaking of vintage, the our portfolio racked up a good number of wins. Allagash White got gold 
Um, really? In uh, I think the American style whip beer category, and Green Flash Lafreque got gold in the Dude, uh, American Belgo style Lefreak ale. Lafreque is so good. Yeah. That was I I hadn't. I think I had had it before, but I had it again when I was out on my West Coast trip, and mm-hmm. just at you know, had it with a burger somewhere it's at a restaurant. Very good, fresh. Oh man, delicious. Uh, but yeah, Green Flash won. Uh, Left Hand got a bunch. I know that uh, Blackberry Farms, their summer saison, uh, placed. I know that uh, actually in the American Whip Bear category, um, Allagash White got gold, and mm-hmm. Avery White Rascal got silver. So cool. Two vintage brands. You know, number one, number two. That's cool. And it made me really happy to see White win because I, I've always loved Allagash White. Same. That was Same. one of my gateway beers. And to have that beer be as around, I think it's like 20-something years old. I think it was, like the, it was the first beer that Allagash ever brewed. Mm-hmm. To have it be that old and still rank up there as the best in the country just shows how good of a beer yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, so. it's it's not a newcomer by any means. And yeah, that was, that was a gateway beer for me as well. That was back in the day when... Uh, I think Delaney still does it, but uh, Delaney's and Speakeasy used to do their uh, their pint night on Wednesdays, and everything was two dollars. Mm-hmm. And so I used to go into Speakeasy all the time and get Allagash for two bucks, and you couldn't beat that, man. I mean, that's that's a fantastic beer, especially for two dollars. Like, come on! And I used to drink that all the time. Like that was. I've since grown a little bit, you know, more like tired of wheat beers necessarily, but sure. I can still always go back to that and appreciate how good it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were talking about this before we started. Um, and this is usually a topic that always comes up in the wake of GABF and people, obviously it's, you know, they're trumping out their medals and they should be proud. It's great to place. And it's always a, a, a huge honor, but there's always a, a discussion that pops up after the, the ceremony has come and gone is do metals actually matter? Um, in in the the craft beer world that we live in now, does it matter that this beer gets this medal or placed this high in this category? Are you going to rush out of them? Because one thing that really struck me, and, and I mean, it's not that surprising, is that I didn't recognize the vast majority of these breweries. I had never heard of them before. Some of the bigger ones, yeah, but most of them, you know, if they're getting they're getting gold in these categories. And you never heard of them. Is that going to to boost the you know sales? Is going to be really hard to get something. My opinion is that it's not necessarily you can you could put you know we won this medal on this packaging, but after like ten years, like okay, really like you know Pabst Blue, Blue Ribbon won the Blue Ribbon at one point in time, eighty <laughs> four exactly. <laughs> but I think what it's good for is you could put it out there and it helps these smaller breweries get a little more noticeability. Yeah. That puts them out there. It's not going to be a game changer, but it's cool for these small like hometown breweries to kind of win a medal and go back and say, you guys made this happen. It's because of you that we got here. So, so thank you. And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking is that for somebody that's like not necessarily on the map, entering in this is a bigger deal for them because if they, if they know they've presented something that's very specific to a style and, you know, a good representation of it, they've, if they've got a good chance of winning, you know, that, and they, they do get a bronze, silver, gold, that'll help promote that certain beer and hopefully sell more of it in their area, maybe expand their distribution footprint a little bit more. Obviously it's not as big of a deal for say like Sierra Nevada or Sam Adams or somebody like that to enter. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which they did go for it. But, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not as big of a deal for somebody like that to enter into these categories or, or to win, um, you know, 
I guess in the case of Coors Banquet being in it, they just did it because they could. Yeah. I, I mean, mean the, the big brewers always enter. Um, I, I actually saw someone post a photo on Twitter of the um, the Budweiser table. And no, obviously nobody was there. I think the caption they had was the loneliest table at GABF. Um, it's just a presence thing, though. It's just it's just you having. Want to be, what you want to be there? It's and, being and seen. Not? It's it's like the most popular bar or the most popular restaurant in your town. It's uh, whether or not you really like the the drinks that they have there or the people there. It's a place to be seen, and so people that have that sort of complex that you know want to be out where everyone is and want to be seen. That's that's where you go. Mm-hmm. Like and so I I think that beer fe- you know beer judging festivals like that have a similar thing. Now, do they do best in show? They do. Um, they have the, the first, second, third place winners, but there, there is no, I don't think there is like a best overall beer. Like it's it's overall, not like, okay. because, because what they do is these are not necessarily the best beers in the world. No, the, the, the ranking is this is, in the style that you're entered in, this is how true to style that right. beer is, which is why Coors won Banquet in, in the in that light lager. In the light lager. Because, because that is. is probably the closest that you can get to that style. And it, I mean, I do enjoy a, a fine Banquet beer every <laughs> now and again if I'm looking for a light lager beer. Yeah. The Banquet is solid. Yeah, but obviously, like you know, if, if this was based just solely on hype, then you would have all these niche breweries and all these, right. you know, Wales Bra kind of places. You know, Hill Farmstead didn't win any medals at GABF. Um, but, you know, some places like um, the Rare Barrel did, which is another big kind of popular brewery right now. They actually mm-hmm. placed, uh, so I got that, they got bronze and silver in, a, uh, I think, one of the sour categories. Um, yeah, here you go. Uh, apropos of nothing and, and score sold, won bronze and silver in the American style sour category. And Perennial got uh, gold in that for uh, Savant Blanc. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of get a mix of small breweries and like flash in the pan. Not flash in the pan, I'm sorry. That's, that's the wrong term, but um, just these, these breweries that have a lot of beer, hype behind beer them. Beer of the moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the new yeah. shiny. Um, but like here you go, the American style cream ale category. Pabst won for uh, they got silver and gold. The Rainier Lager got gold, and Olympia got uh, silver. So yeah, I mean you, you have this mix of, of new and old, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. interesting. And and yeah, necessarily it's, it's not going to raise your star too too much. Yeah, but I think it yeah. helps get more you know more attention. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking about when Noda uh, won. Uh, gold uh, it was the world beer cup for hop drop and roll mm-hmm. and how interest in that just exploded oh yeah so everyone yeah you may have that that's kind of the exception not necessarily the rule and i mean that beer is great it deserves all the respect and attention good. that it gets it's fantastic but uh it doesn't necessarily mean all this stuff is going to be like you know next year like you know two years or th- you know whenever holy city plays for pluff mud pluff mud didn't place at all this year holy city didn't place at all so you know things change taste change and how it's brewed and whatnot, kind of there's the ebb and flow. So you're not having the same people just take the same categories over it, and over. Yeah, again. I think, you know, if we're looking for like, if, if we want to give like an overall broad stroke on these competitions, I don't think the medals matter. I think that as far as like 
you know, how good a beer is or isn't. I don't think that is, uh, a, you know, again, we talked about there were over 600 entries in the American IPA category and Wicked Weed was lucky enough, you know, to, to be good enough to have gotten second. That's awesome. But I bet you I could try at least a hundred of those 600 and think they were some damn good IPAs, yeah, yeah. you know? So I, I don't think winning or placing in these festivals matters at all, but I do think it's a nice little boost for for your beer or your brewery, you know, to, to enter. It's a good morale boost to go, yeah. holy shit, we were at, you know, there were 200 beers in this category, and the judges thought that the one that we made was the closest to the style. Right, and that's what you right. want to do. Like, you can make these adjunct-packed, barrel-aged, uh, this or that, whatever you want to do, and that those are great and enjoyable, but if you're just going straight to style, to get a gold is like, it's proof to you that you did the damn thing. It right. is impressive, yeah. So next year we'll we'll see what happens. Go SC is gonna sweep everything. Oh no, Charleston will probably have another like twenty breweries open by I that point. I was gonna point, say so. there's gonna be at least fifty. <laughs> it's gonna be breweries within breweries. Um, on the on the new brewery note, there's a story in the Greenville News um, this past week about two new breweries that are opening up in the Upstate. Um, Loose Reed Brewing Company are gonna open a. Uh, near downtown Greenville. Um, and then there's another one called Golden Grove Brewing, which is going to open up in a, a farm in Piedmont. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through this article right now. Uh, Loose Reed is hoping to be open, have a tap room up by 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to brew. And uh, you know, if you, if you want any of this stuff, you're probably going to need to go to the brewery because uh, they're brewing on a 1.5 bale system. Woo! Yeah. That is that is basically homebrew. Little tiny. That that's a nano brewery. That is definitely a nano brewery. Um, yeah. Golden Grove is going to be about ten miles outside of Greenville, according to this article. Um, but he wa- he wants to grow from uh, on a, a single barrel system, and then eventually get up to a fifty barrel brew house, which is uh, maybe that might take some time. That's, that's, a, that's a bit of an upscale. That's some serious <laughs> upscale. Yeah. To go from, I I would imagine you would have to go like. One, ten, twenty, fifty, somewhere in there. Yeah, like yeah. that's a few stages. Mm. Yeah, um, but it, this is kind of a. There's a lot of, of breweries coming to to the upstate. Um, that's Thirteen cool. Thirteen Stripes is looking in Greenville. Fire Forge, which was, um, I believe, it's pronounced Crossbones. C R O X B O N E S. So I believe it's Crossbones. Mm-hmm. If I'm if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, then I apologize. But uh, the guy who started that. Uh, led the homebrew club in Greenville, went to Florida to set up this brewery, and now is moving back. He's already moved back. I had seen that recently. And he's rebranding yeah. to, uh, it's like, uh, it's Fire Forge. Um, I think he's looking for a location now. Plus, there's also Birds Fly South. Sean is brewing at um, Thomas Creek right now until mm-hmm. he gets his own facility. And then in Anderson is the Carolina, Carolina Barn House. house. Um, yeah, and I think they're they're getting really close to opening. Yeah. Um, Hub City Tap House in Spartanburg uh, is open now. That's where Cyclops Cidery mm-hmm. is at. Um, I think they're starting to brew some stuff up. Uh, need to go up there and check that out because I think it's. I thought originally it was just going to be like where the brewery was at, but it seems it's more like a bar and kind of like a hangout spot okay. the, with a brewery in it as well. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, so yeah, look for you know Greenville to 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 bust it open sometime soon, and you know Columbia will we'll have number four. We're soon. getting there, God. <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, um, but uh, come on, Scott see. Burgess. Yeah, come on. We got we got some stuff on the way. We've we've been talking to some folks, so we've got some some good They're stuff coming, coming to Columbia coming. sooner or later. 
Um, but for what we've got now, Conquest, we mentioned this on the last podcast, but uh, they've moved Sacred Heart into six packs. Yes, they just um, came out. They're available at uh, Greens Morganelli's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all over the place now. Um, I think Craft and Draft got some. I know cool. I saw some. Yes, at I did see some at Craft Vino and Draft. Garage. Um, so yeah, they they're moving their um, year-round releases to six packs. So Sacred Heart was the first one. Artemis and Seven Seas will be in six packs by the end of the year. They're also going to have, I believe they want to have Warrior Heart sometime soon, and then Medusa will be in the mix sometime down the line. Have they have they come up with a rename for that? No, I, I, I've i heard some rumblings about some different I, things. I went by today, you know, on the tour and, and talked to Wilson, but, you know, didn't talk about that, and they have it on still as Medusa in the tap room right yeah, now. So. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, it's still in, in 22s. Um, yes. But... Uh, their contract brewing at Thomas Creek right now. So all mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. six packs uh, are brewed uh, at uh, in Greenville. Um, I picked up a six pack on Monday right after they first landed. Mm-hmm. It is different. Um, it's it is. a lot hoppier on the front. So Sacred Heart, for those who haven't had it, is a really juicy, sweeter, tropical flavored kind of IPA. Yeah. There's a hoppiness to it, but there's nothing really pronounced. It's not super no, bitter. It's, it's a good entry level IPA. Much more of a balance. Yeah, that's yeah, what they. It's that, a gateway. In the tap room, they always describe it as, uh, you know, it, when when we bring people in on our our beer tour, they're like, you know, a lot of people say I don't like IPAs, but I like this one. Um, that's that tends to be the case even when I have people that are like, I don't like IPAs, and I tell them, well, why don't you try this? And like, you know what? I ended up enjoying that, and they'll go back and get a pint of it because yeah, it's got. Way more of like kind of a floral aspect too of it, like you said, like a tropical, like not saying it tastes like coconut and pineapple or anything like that, but you know, it's it's just got sort of this implied, uh, you know, fruitiness to it almost. Yeah. That, uh, but right, but out of the the twelve ounce, it's it's a punch of hops. Really? Yeah, it's really hoppy right up front. Um, so it's it's still very good. I actually, I kind of prefer the original. Um, I kind of, I had so much of it, I kind of got worn out on it, but after having the, the newest batch, I was kind of like, I sort of missed the old one. So I'm sure on draft, it'll still, it might be the same or, or not. Well, you know, Um, I'm sure they'll continue to dial it in, you know. Yeah. The first batch, I know they, they were nervous about it because upscaling from, the batch, the three barrel system to I don't I don't know what Thomas. Well, yeah, Creek what's uses. the contract system up there? Like fifteen, uh, I, I would can't imagine. Remember. I can't remember, but it's it's much larger. Right. Um, Thomas Creek does a lot of contract brewing, and they're they're just a huge brewery in general. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, we'll see how that goes, and all the the special releases, Harlequin and Brutus, and all those kind of things will still be made in house and in twenty twos. Um, the finisher, which is you know coming up. Soon, soon, I saw it. I saw the bottle. Yes, today. it's bottled. It's sitting there. The the base version, the two barrel aged versions that they're coming out with. Um, uh, I think those are still in the works. They probably are. probably in the barrel. They're still right in the now. barrels. Yeah, yeah. Um, still aged. But though, you know, I think the brewing process is done. It takes six months to get that batch ready. I'm trying my hardest um, not to just like <laughs> jack take, one. But take one of those that are aging and just um, let it age on my own. Uh, but also on a, a, another conquest note, Joseph Ackerman, who um, is. Uh, Recently departed Conquest um, due to, you know, creative differences or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. they want to call it. Um, he'll be moving to uh, North Carolina. He's been hired as the uh, the head brewer at Granite Falls Brewing Company. 
Very cool. Granite Falls, North Carolina, which is very near Hickory and Morganton, mm-hmm. which is where Fauna Flora is at. So the good news is when I go to visit them, I have an excuse to find like, well, Fauna Flora is right there too. Good and, times. and Hickory is, old Hickory is in Hickory. And, good um, times. So congratulations to him. Um, it's a 30 barrel system, I believe. Red. Uh, that much is bigger. And they have. 10 times. They big. have uh, a lot of serious hop contracts. They've got good hop contracts so he'll have access to a lot of stuff so cool good luck to to joseph and jess and, and their kids um i'll miss y'all and you know thank you for getting columbia up and running on the beer scene we absolutely that. excited to try the stuff he's uh, he's gonna be doing up there what else do we have in news uh news, news, oh news. oh we were at the <laughs> We got a lot of Columbia news. There's not a lot else going on. Uh, River Rat had their Oktoberfest yes. last weekend. Um, Cam and I were both there. I was pouring Ford Vintage. Um, Cam was just doing his thing. I was drinking. The, the brew bus was <laughs> a, uh, we were a, a shuttle for the hotels around town, bringing people that were staying at the hotels to the festival, um, which we had more takers than expected for. So that was cool. How many did you end up having? Um, I think we had like 10 to 15 or something like that. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, uh, I don't think it's any, uh, it's, you know, common knowledge that like, you know, ticket sales were not as high, as high for this festival as they had anticipated it mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. And as a result, like they, they really thought that there were going to be more people like coming from out of town or like just, just willing to like stay in the hotels and that would want to ride and stuff like that. And it wasn't the case, but, uh, you know, Mike was, Mike Torville is very cool about it, uh, to us and, uh, we ended up getting more people from these spots booking tickets kind of last minute than we had ex- expected. So that was cool. Uh, you know, we went around, picked some people up, took them in there, and uh, they let us, you know, come and hang out for free that day because we were providing a service for them. So that was fun. Um, I had a great time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoyed it too. I thought the, the layout was really nice. Um, There's a table set up on the grass mm-hmm. um, area, uh, and then the parking lot was closed off, and they just had tables lined around the right side um for suds week so to say suds week last year we had our kickoff party at river rat and we totally did not expect to have as many people as we did i think the, so the, so the unofficial count we had was probably close to 1500 people show yes up. and they ran out of beer and, and it was more, just more got turned away yeah a lot of people got turned away so we were we were humbled by the turnout but uh it was really Kind of a shit show, to be to a be honest. Bit, yeah. I think everyone everyone once it d- kind of died down, it was a lot happier. This was kind of on the other side of the spectrum. There really were not a lot of people there. Um, I would estimate. I had heard four hundred tickets were sold. I would estimate. I only saw about two hundred people there. I was gonna say between two fifty and three. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's right. I think I think that this was that this festival was a direct response to the Suds Week event because I think that the uh, the staff at River Rat really wanted to you know they they felt bad that they had run out of other people's beer that they didn't order enough of the other breweries beer at the Suds Week event mm-hmm. and they wanted to have more beer they wanted more taps and they wanted to create an environment where they would be. Uh, fewer people in line for any yeah. given beer, and, th- and there were no lines because. Be- al- but also for us, it was it was uh, free to get in. Um, you had to pay for your beers, but um, for distributors, yeah, no, 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 for for to oh, get for in for, for the Suds Week Suds event, Week. yes, it was free admission. Um, actually, it was like I think it was like a five dollar. It was five dollar cover, and then it was like two fifty for a beer ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so you had to pay a little more to get in. Um, I think one of the 
prohibitive things about, and this is not necessarily a criticism of the way they did things, but just an observation. Tickets were $65. Um, Price point was high. And, and, again, and VIP was 90 Yeah. And actually, when I was setting up, people were asking me what the VIP deal was. And I said, well, there's you get your private bathroom. You get to the tap room, had some rare beers on and some food. They did. Um, and they had some good stuff in there. But... You got exclusive access to the indoor facility, like the tap did, room and yes. the porch. Yeah, so uh, you got to, and it was a, it was a nice day, so it, it was. wasn't too hot outside. But you had, you know, air conditioning is always a plus. Always a plus. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a little high, honestly. Um, if that was like a thirty dollar price, I think there would have been a lot more people. It also didn't help that it conflicted with the Georgia game, which, to be fair. It probably would have just best if people just stayed around and drank yeah. more and didn't bother to watch even, that, that yeah, disaster. That of a game. I, I think even forty or forty five dollars, it, it like the, they, the World Beer Festival is about that high. The World Beer yeah. Festival is forty plus fees, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if it had been something similar to that, now I understand why it may have had to have been that much because they were bought. So they bought all the beer for that. None of it was donated. I know for like. For, for I delivered some, some of the kegs. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. and uh, for for the World Beer Festival, I'm sure you know all about beer magazine has got some deals in place where they're getting some stuff donated from some of the, you know a certain amount. They've, they've got get, the name and they've got the clout. They've got they they've got a good deal in place with most of these distributors. But this is a first year festival, this River at Oktoberfest, and so they were paying for all of this out of pocket, and so. I, I imagine that the mounting beer cost is what you know raised their ticket price, and sure. I can't blame them for that because no. they have, they have to turn a margin at some point. Sure. I you're a business, you want to make money. I think that had they kept the price a little lower, had it been let's say even fifty dollars, forty five to fifty dollars, I think they would have sold enough tickets at that price point to make up that difference. Mm-hmm. So you know, say they sold, let's say they sold two hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred and fifty tickets at sixty five dollars. Um, I think they could have sold three hundred and fifty at fifty bucks and more than made up that difference just in like, you know, the fifteen dollars they they lost out of that, you know, ticket difference. I think they would yeah. have exceeded that had the tickets been a little bit cheaper. But, you know, first year of a festival, always going to be growing yeah. pains and things like that. I mean, it That's was... That's how it was with us in Suds Week. We it, now now we know what to do differently, what we should do and shouldn't do in it, subsequent it years. Was a, it was a fun festival. I it mean, was they, good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. breweries on that mm-hmm. you're not going to see at the World Beer Festival, you know, places like, uh, you know, Against the Grain. What did they have that was the English brewery uh, inside? Uh, Bloody L was the beer yes, that they had. Yes, yes. Oh, I the didn't have though? that. Yeah, I, I had a little bit of it. I know Tyler and uh, and, and Brittany who, who they were talking at, on and on. Yeah, about they it. they had that when Brittany was over in um in England and they talked about. Damn it, I missed that. It was Shit. good. It was good. Yeah. I, I had a buddy, uh, our our brew bus intern Ryan, uh, shelled out for the VIP and brought some back out to me, and nice. it was very very good. I mean. Birds Fly South was there, and not a lot of people have gotten to try their stuff yet. You yeah, know, like yeah. Uh, D9 out of Cornelius in North Carolina. Yeah, they just signed with Comer, so they they are pretty new to the area. Yeah, the, you know there there are a lot of breweries around, you know, that are from the area, but that you just don't see too frequently necessarily. And it was ex- Cigar City uh, has not been up here a whole lot. You know, hmm. a lot of people are get get their bottles from Our, friends, but, uh, the, the table I was working at, I was hoping poor for left hand and coast because we didn't have any reps for them, mm-hmm. uh, able to make it up. And we were maybe a couple of boxes down from cigar city and they had, they had high and something else, but 
the uh, they didn't announce. I know the list that they that River had put out said it was there would be the Oktoberfest. Uh huh. But they had the uh, oatmeal raisin cookie brown Ooh. ale, and I basically just sat there like, no, just give me some more. Just give me some. It more. was it was <laughs> so incredible. good. And I mean, you, you got to be into a slightly sweeter beer to enjoy it. And River had actually brewed a uh, collaboration with them. They did the day before uh, Tyler. Uh, um, sweet potato beer. Yeah, yeah. Sweet yeah. potato. Is it Piro style with sweet potato, nutmeg, and cinnamon? I think. Um, like a, a spice sweet That'll potato. That'll be out in the next style. month or two. I imagine. Yeah, it, sh- it should be out just as it's starting to get maybe like the the true pumpkin beer season, maybe yeah, in yeah, October, yeah. Uh, November. Um, but yeah, they're uh, Tyler from from Red is good friends with the guys from Scar City. They actually went to elementary school together, so that was cool to have them come and do that. And it's going to add clout to to Columbia that we. It was that, yeah, and that that uh, oatmeal raisin cookie beer was. I mean, it was spot uh, on. Shit. It tasted yeah. ex- it tasted like you bit into an oatmeal raisin cookie. It I, was. I've had delicious. that a few times before, so to actually have it on draft and have it just readily accessible was pretty uh it was pretty fantastic it was kind of kind of dangerous um, yeah it was you know <laughs> may, a, it may have been a little badly for him a, a fun <laughs> fun day was had by all yeah uh, for sure so you know yeah well uh one last piece of news that um we want to get out and this is this may be the first maybe not the, the first official announcement but um uh we're planning to have this out on uh, this coming Wednesday. So we're recording this on Sunday. With any luck, we'll be able to have this up on September 30th, which is Wednesday, if not soon after. Breaking news. Uh, <laughs> this morning, or uh, Wednesday morning, if you're listening to this later, uh, we officially announced the dates for the second Soda City Suds Week. Um, we've been in the planning stages for the past few months. We've kind of been doing it off and on since uh, this past March. Uh, when we uh, wrapped up, and finished up the first one. We, yeah, we finished the first one to great success, and thank you to everyone that made it possible. Uh, and so I'm I'm proud and excited to announce that the second Soda City Suds Week will be held from Friday, March 18th, to Saturday, March 26th. Cool. Uh, we do not have any events planned yet. Um, we are going to open event and sponsorship registration sometime soon. We're actually going to start meeting with distributors and have interest meetings soon. We'll be putting that information out there publicly. So if you are an individual who wants to help volunteer, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. if you work for a bar or a brewery, or anyone who may be a business in Columbia that is interested in participating, um, stay tuned to the, the Suds Week um, social media and whatnot, and we'll be announcing those yep. dates. Uh, we think that we, we've got things a little more... Uh, even keel uh, this year or this time around, um, our second year doing it, we know that what we should have done better, what we should have done differently, or what we need to do that we didn't do. So um, we're looking for a lot more participation. We've actually had a ton of people asking how they can help out. Um, we have no paid positions or anything like that. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the board. Um, I'm actually the, the president of the nonprofit that is helping to organize it and mm-hmm. put it on. Uh, but we make no money, so. We just rely off of volunteers. Um, so if you'd like to volunteer for an event or help out, we're definitely going to be looking for people this year. Um, we also want to try to expand our events outside of just, you know, the the, the beer establishments. Obviously, we, want, we would love to have all the breweries involved, and I'm sure that we will. And a lot of the other places that we had events at last year will probably step up. Of them. We've already talked with them, and there's a lot of interest. Sure. But we're trying to look at other places. So if you have recommendations of locations... Uh, that we may not mm-hmm. have 
looked at before or we need to talk with, then please, by all means, let us know. We're happy to, to take into account any recommendations yeah. or suggestions. Yeah. Columbia Museum of Art, looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. And maybe some of the work's there, but, uh, but we're really excited. Um, we had an incredible first year, and we're really, really excited to do this again. For, the, for those of you who missed it last year, yeah, it was a fantastic event. It's a week long where different businesses and you know, breweries uh, kind of just create events centered around, uh, you know, beer in Columbia, be it uh, a bunch of out-of-town beers or some rare beers that they want to put on for, like, you know, a special cask night or something like that, or a local brewery, you know, partnering with a restaurant just to do, like, a you know, a tasting session or something like yeah. that. It's just as many events as they can pack into different days and it's a it's a lot of fun it's sort of like a citywide crawl to go and yeah, try yeah and and, and we've de- we've definitely taken um a lot of cues from the folks in Charleston who do Charleston Beer Week yes. and Greenville Beer Week we're we're kind of the third we're 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 late to the game i guess but um uh it, it started with me and and my friend Ashley Bauer who works for uh, Rafa distributing uh saying down and saying why doesn't Columbia have a beer week well, we should look into doing one. And we asked the, our friends in Greenville and Charleston how they got started. And they said the same way you guys just did. You know, we had people that said, we want to do this. Let's get a group together and do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And it went from there. Uh, we're a registered nonprofit. We're a 501c3, the Midlands Craft Beer Supporters, which is the group that helps organize the week. But we are completely, uh, we're independent. Um, we, we rely off of sponsorship money and, and donations at all. We are not tied to to any one particular brand. I know there's a lot of rumors that we are being run by one certain distributor or one certain bar, and that's not the truth at all. We are completely independent, um, and we like being that way. Uh, We think that that kind of, that's the way it it should be if you're going to have a beer week like that. Um, We rely on the businesses um, that we work with and uh, that participate in the week to get with certain brands or beers or distributors or breweries that they are comfortable with and doing events with like that. We don't dictate you have to do this on this day. We help facilitate and schedule things, but we're not dictating stuff. And I think that now there was a lot of misunderstanding last year about uh, whether we force people to do this or we shoehorn people in doing that. Well, and that's okay. not the case at and all. This, so. is not to, this is not to throw shade necessarily, but so you guys were preempted by... Uh, Columbia Craft Beer Columbia Week. Columbia Craft Beer Week, mm-hmm. which was run by the the at the time recently revamped K and W Beverage, formerly known as Budweiser of Columbia. Right, and they from and again, this is what I this is what I had heard. They were pressuring some of their accounts into, hey, we're going to bring this beer to you. We really need you to host this event and it would be featuring some of their more craft accounts and i can understand being a rebrand like they were trying to have some some sort of events Mm -hmm. to push their you know the fact that they want their new brand to be way more craft oriented than budweiser of columbia would have implied or was you know in that you know it's a it's a previous entity but Based on that, a lot of I can understand where a lot of people thought that like it was, and that's totally fine. A similarly sure. brand managed sure. sort of event, well, but it's not. Yeah, we we had a lot of people ask us, you know, why the name? You know, why do we call it Soda City Suds Week? And it's you know because, and, and again, this is not to to you know point fingers at, at KW at all. They had already taken the name. 
we couldn't call it Columbia Beer Week. We couldn't call it you know Cola Beer Week. We couldn't we couldn't basically use a name that was that had Columbia that or had craft Columbia beer in it. Involved, yeah, <laughs> there is no combination that really well, works. And I mean, it's not not so, like K and W was were not very receptive to your week as well. I mean, they, they no, they participated. On, and we yeah, they, they, uh, they had some fantastic fine. events. Uh, you know? Of the of the four at that point, they had um, K and K W in Columbia represents Palmetto eighty five Brew eighty five. Um, Swamp Cabbage and Conquest. Yes, and Palmetto didn't wasn't able to participate. I know that they were interested, but they didn't get around to it. But eighty five Conquest and Swamp Cabbage all had events. Uh, they either participated in other ones or they hosted ones, mm-hmm. and and the distributor helped facilitate that. So that was great, and we were really thankful for for KW and, and Comer and Vintage and Rafa and all the distributors that were involved in the week uh, to be a part of it. Um, I actually don't know if, if they're going to do another week again. Um, they did it in the run-up to the World Beer Fest last year, so it, it, that was kind of like their that's big right, event. That's right, that's right, yeah. Um, if they do it again, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I, you know, we wish them well. Um, and if they want to, you know, if, if someone like that wants to do their own thing, that's their prerogative. We uh, we have no issue with it. We're not trying to. No. We're not trying to compete with them, and you know, we're just doing our own thing because we want to present the products of South Carolina in a certain way. And I think we did it very well. Uh, Absolutely. We, we, we'll do things differently. Yeah. Um, but, we're, w- but, but we're excited about it. And, and yeah, I, I, I can understand the, uh, the misunderstanding that, and we actually had distributors come to us that they said, well, we weren't invited. And we said, we made a, a genuine effort to contact as many people as yeah. possible yeah. to get them involved and distributors and brands. And they said, we didn't even know about this. We want to be involved. And we said, Good to know. We'll put you on the, you know. Yeah, this year will be. We'll keep you in mind for next year. It'll be bigger and better. Yeah, if you want to exactly. host an event, exactly. If you want to host an event, you have to fight me because I've got like twenty already. In the works. <laughs> so it's cool. The 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 one thing, um, uh, when we went into planning it, uh, we were trying to find a, a good week to do it. March was when we did it last year. Uh, so we wanted to keep it around that same time period, but mm-hmm. it's always hard because that's when spring break is. So we will overlap on that first Saturday with uh, St. Pat's and Five Points. Um, that could be cool, though. Yeah, but and and you know, we'll again, we have not scheduled any events. We have no idea where things are going to uh-huh. be, but uh-huh. um, I mean, it's just another option for stuff that's going on that Saturday. And you know, if you want to go to St. Pat's early and then come do another event, that'd be cool, or vice versa. Um, but uh, we're happy with that week. And we actually extended it a day, so we have the Friday, and then we'll go through Into the following the Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. yeah, I think la- yeah, last year we went from Saturday to s- the following Saturday. Uh, yeah, and then this year we'll have the Friday on top. So cool. Um, it'll be eight days because math. Yes, eight days because eighteen Woo. plus eight is twenty six, and that's where it, when it ends. Um, cool. <laughs> and it's right before Easter too, so you can like. Get your drink on and absolve of all your sins. <laughs> and then sins. absolve all your sins yeah, from Sud's Week. <laughs> it'll be fun. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll have more details uh, in the coming weeks. But again, eight, uh, March 18th through 26th is the second Soda City Sud's Week. So Put it five times on best. your calendar. Yes, we're very excited. And uh, on that note, I, f- I feel a bit parched, Cam. Let's, let's go drink. I need to eat half a sandwich. <laughs> and, then, and then let's go. Get a go. base down and then we'll drink yeah, some Yeah, yeah. Let's go do that. We'll all be right. back with some... Some different stuff. We got some stuff. All right. Let's get to drinking. All right. And we are back once again with our regular show ending segment of Can You Dig It? Can 
for two guys. Can you dig it? Welcome. I believe last time we had the uh, the Warriors intro. So we did the Warriors. So this is likely Shaq, unless well, I had changed Shaq it up. <laughs> um, so with Can You Dig It, um, we take some time out to sample a few things that we've you know had in our fridge or we picked up that piqued our interest or whatnot. And uh, we sit down and we drink them and we talk about them and we tell you whether we dig it or we don't. Yes or no. Yeah. Uh, no numerical rating, no one to five stars, no bronze, silver, or gold medals. Uh, just we like it or we don't. This isn't necessarily a bearing on the quality of the beer or that you shouldn't buy it or that it's bad. It's just we like it or we don't. This is our personal taste. Yes. And so... Uh, the first beer that we had, a uh, six-pack that I picked up earlier in the day. This is the Long Table Farmhouse from New Belgium. Uh, and I picked it up because I hadn't had it yet. I was looking for something seasonal at Publix, and Pumpkin was $16 for a four-pack Pum- at Publix. Pumpkin was? Pumpkin Pum- from oh, wow. Southern Tier. Oh. I was very for shocked. for a four-pack? Yes. That's ridiculous. I expected 10 I'd pay 12. 10 for a bomber, but that's pretty much a damn. I, I was like, oh, this is seasonal. Sure. And then I saw the price. I was like, hell's fucking nah. Nah. So I went with this because I haven't had it yet. Um, I believe it's an, a new seasonal for that. It it's it's it got is. some some fall leaves on the front. It does. So I assume it's a fall it's release. Very, so. It's very fall. It's a 6.2%. It's a communal saison, uh, farmhouse ale, Belgian yeast, Nelson Sauvin hops. Uh, uh, Munich and Rye grains grab a seat. That's what it says on the side. They describe it as having a a juicy, fruity characteristic from the Belgian yeast. I definitely get that. Um, That was probably my biggest takeaway from this. There's nothing that's like... uh, No overly defining characteristics necessarily. For New Belgium, I think this is a very good seasonal. I think that this is something that's, uh, you know, a little bit different from what they normally offer. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, Being that it's just a grocery store beer and, you know, uh, something that I hadn't had from New Belgium, I actually dig this one. I was, when I first had it, I wasn't super sure about it, but... um, I'd buy this again, especially if it was on sale. I I think Publix Publix is not a good place to buy beer. Not not to discount the whole public. It's chain. getting it's getting better. Um the, there are more craft brands getting there, into that. There are more, but they're more expensive. So generally, yeah. So they I can paid be. ten before tax, this was ten forty nine, and I can get New Belgium brand stuff at Bilo for eight ninety nine. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a product of where I was, like I was on the way to your house. And so I stopped there and picked it up because it's on the way. But had I bought the same beer at Bilo, it probably would have been $1.50 cheaper and I would have liked it that much more. <laughs> um, but so I, I give it a, uh, a dig just based on the fact that it is, a, it is a grocery store beer that has, you know, impressed me with a slightly different flavor profile than I had expected. Right. So, um, uh, I, I've had this before. Uh, had on draft um, recently. Um, this is the first time I had it out of the bottle. Not a bad beer at all. Um, just a good, solid, straightforward farmhouse. Very straightforward. Um, I, I've said before that my Saison's preference is drier, crisper, uh, more of a Saison DuPont kind of style sure. than uh, the fuller, uh, sweeter flavor that this was. So, uh, 
not bad by any means, but I I don't really dig it. Um, Divisive. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we have different opinions on oh something. Oh no, the show's over. Um, no, it's not. You know, it's it, not bad by any any means. Um, not off putting. Flavors are all good. There's no. there's the Nelson Solvent Hop is a nice touch that that kind of great flavor yeah. that you, oh, you expect yeah, that's from that hop. Yeah, definitely there. Um, yeah. I didn't really get any like rye spiciness to it. No. Um, it was just more of a, it's a sweeter Saison, um, which is not really something that I go for. So I, I don't dig it, but, you know, and it's I okay. I understand that. Different strokes, different folks. It is A-OK. And so what do we have next? We uh, have next the, up was Onida. I believe yes. I'm pronouncing that correctly from Modern Times. Uh, out in California, uh, this is a hoppy sessionable pale ale. Um, comes in at. I turn the can and try to find ABV. Fourish, something like that. It's like four or five, maybe. Damn it, we it's saw it earlier. Oh, five point eight. There we oh, go. Oh, never mind. That's yeah, it was higher than I thought. Okay. Uh, it's out of a pint can. Um, Hallertau Blanc, Cascade, and Experimental Hops. Uh, two row and carapils malts. Um, they kind of jokingly say on the back of the can, "You want to call it a session IPA? Fine, see if I care." <laughs> um, uh, Modern Times is a very impressive brewery and a coffee, a great coffee roaster. Um, they do uh, some really incredible barrel aged coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a few of their bags before. A little bit pricing. Uh, sure. for for their bags, obviously, but they're totally worth it. Um, I love their aesthetic. Uh, it is kind of uh, this retro. It's a very retro, sort of chic. like like sixties yeah. Mad Men ish kind of. Uh, they actually sell, um, uh, I guess, rocks glasses or uh, old fashioned glasses on their website with uh-huh. like the gold foil, like uh, argyle patterns and like the stripes right, and all right. that. So, and, and and they're definitely one of those breweries that has the aesthetic that you can. Just pick out a mile away. All their cans are t- are tall boys. Mm-hmm. They have the name of the brewery along the top, and then a different color scheme for everything. Um, so uh, this is the first time I had I've had it out of a can. I've had it out of a bottle about a year ago. Uh, a good, uh, really kind of a juicy, sweeter pale ale. Definitely, um, definitely, definitely a more. Uh, on the the malty side than the hoppy side, uh-huh. uh, as a pale ale should be. Um, and there was no there was no can date on this that we could find. Correct? No, no, there's not. Um, it, unfortunately, so it, it seemed as if it was a bit old. It's a little older, maybe in the kind couple of months. Stale. Range. It, it yeah. might be a couple months old. Um, I mean, no, no big but, deal, but. Uh, yeah, the, the hops weren't as prevalent as they possibly could have been. No, I w- actually looked back on Untapped, and the first time I had it, I described it as, quote, dank. So it, mm. it definitely did have the hoppy flavor to it. But I think now that it's maybe mellowed out a little more, the, the malts kind of shine through a little bit sure. better. Um, I dig it. Definitely good. Um, I'm not sure what their price point is, but um, you know, it, it, anything in modern times is pretty solid. I dig it as well. I mean, for for a session IPA, that's that's not necessarily a style that I'm seeking out, but I would be willing to pay, you know, three four bucks for for a can of this uh, out. That would be, you know, in a in a mix of six sort of situation. I would I would be happy with that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got into a couple of things from Orpheus, who we talked about earlier in the show. Yes, from of, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the first was. 
their uh, session IPA called Peace, War, Truth, Lie. It's a five percent. It's brewed with uh, Mandarina, Bavaria, and Wakatu hops. I love love that hop name. Wakatu. Wakatu. Um, two row barley, white wheat, flaked wheat, uh, malts, and then American ale yeast for fermentation. Um, they describe it on their website as a refreshing beer with an abundance of tropical fruit and citrus character with still a lighter body. It's mm-hmm. available August through January. So this particular can uh, is pretty fresh. It was canned on um, September 1st. So it's just shy of a month old. Yeah. Um, a good, pretty much no frills, straightforward session IPA. Um, nothing really stood out. There definitely was kind of a, a brighter citrus flavor to it, a, a mild hoppiness kind of throughout. Nothing really, mm-hmm. really strong. But it really just it, it didn't stand out to me. There was nothing that really made it pop. Uh, again, not bad by any means, but just nothing that really said, you know, hey, I'm worth buying again and again. So. I, I hate to do it because I love Orpheus, but I'm gonna give this uh, no dig. Two, two in one show. This is <laughs> unprecedented. I, I think, I think based on the, uh, I don't know. Again, session IPA is not not a style that I typically go for, but based on really enjoying the the modern times one, I think that. Through those lenses, I looked at this one as kind of like, okay, like I'm, I can accept a session IPA, and mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed what that one offered as well, and so I think that that one, that one was a dig in that like, I don't know if I was somewhere like Craft and Draft or something like that and saw it on tap, I'd be willing to to sure. order another pint of it, mm-hmm. um, and so if if I'm basing my digs on would I buy it again somewhere, I probably would. Um, and so I'll give the, you know, I'll give this one a dig by no means. Is it like the diggest of digs, but it is, uh, <laughs> I, I would say it's definitely worth, if you come across, it, if you're in Atlanta, check it out. Yeah. Definitely yeah. worth trying. Oh, I mean, everything from Orpheus is worth trying. Yeah. They, is, they kill it on the sour front is worth trying. They're out. doing a really good job. And so that, you know, that brings us to our, our second Orpheus beer, which, uh, for me was, I think the most, uh, arresting, possibly like my first sip of it, I was like, "Whoa!" It was, yeah, it, I, what? It, I had to take a step back. It was, it was very interesting. So let me. Uh, this is a tra- transmigration of souls. Transmigration of souls, which is their double, double IPA. IPA, and it comes in at ten percent. Um, let's see what they, uh, what they say here about the, the beer itself. Irresponsibly double hopped IPA, bursting with life. From an absurd amount of aromatic hops, you experience a bouquet of orange, lemon, and tropical fruit sitting on top of a clean, dry malt body. I did not get that citrus. Hardly. I don't. I don't either. We're we're, we're finishing up the and can so right now. I, th- this can is has just hit a month old. It was canned on uh, August twenty fourth. Um, yeah, I did just not, over a month. I did not get that citrus at all. I I mean I get like. A very residual amount, but I mostly I was getting the malt, like the sweetness. There's a lot of malt on that, yeah. And the the citrus is kind of coming through, like you know, kind of how if you get one of those, like a 
a very sweet orange that you might have where you're ta- where it's not so much acidic as it is just like man this is a very sugary orange that's kind of how i felt about this it was like okay well i can taste there there are some hops there but it's you know it's just very sweet overall and it's interesting because i'm looking at uh the, the orpheus website and they actually have a flavor wheel uh, i just scrolled down and noticed this on the um oh, okay. uh, on the the, br- the beer page for transmigration of souls it has a flavor wheel and the citrus, uh, I guess the citrus quadrant is like the highest one. Uh-huh. It's pointed up to that. And then tropical fruit is up there really high too. Um, slightly on the bitter side, slightly on the floral, and on a little bit sour, a little bit sweet. But you're right. I didn't really get a lot of citrus. There is, It does linger on the back. It's more of like a, yeah. it's like an orange rind. Um, right, right. But kind of like a wet pine flavor as well that just kind of sticks on the back of your tongue it reminded me of some of my favorite like more more like sticky hop kind of double ipas like uh like six point resin um things of that nature but at the same time those have a, a far more pronounced hop character than this this was this had the clinging sweetness that I like out of this, or, yeah. like, or like a hop cakes out of Noda. This has the sweetness that I would associate with those, but the hop flavor fell a lot flatter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it, it is a very multi dipper. Um, as far as the hop profile, it's got Azaka, Apollo, Wakatu, Galaxy, and Mosaic. Mosaic hops usually don't do it for me. It's yeah. just kind of that's I, I get stale cardboard from that. It really does yeah. nothing for me. So that's probably what uh, is a lot of really prevalent. This is March through August, so this is it's going to be going away. It's for the a tail while. end of this run, yeah. I, I will say it's. Uh, I will give it a dig. Oh, I thought you were going to do it. No, I thought it was going. For- I thought you were going to do. No, a, no, a, I'm 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 fifty. The first today. ever strikeout. <laughs> Um, it's, I would not necessarily seek this out. I wouldn't, you know, track down a six pack or really mm-hmm. go out of my way mm-hmm. to get it. And maybe now that it's going out of season, I won't have the chance when I'm in town next weekend to try it on draft because I think fresh, I can see that, that citrus being a lot more prevalent on the front end. And I'm sure maybe on, uh, on drafts, it yeah. comes out yeah, a, little, yeah. a little better. And even a month old, I don't think it's faded that much. I would hope that it wouldn't because this is one that you may, you know, or if it's one of those dippers that you want to have within like two weeks of canning or otherwise sure. just drain pour it. Um, I don't see it being that. Uh, again, I, I, as I've said multiple times tonight, not bad at all. Uh, I, I, I guess I'll give it a dig because I can see the potential there. This is not necessarily the best representation of it, but I can imagine mm-hmm. a little bit fresher it having a better kind of overall profile so yeah 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 i i enjoyed it i can understand that i'm i'm coming at it from possibly like the the opposite angle in that you know uh it's it's only a month old i've had other double ipas and ipas in general that have held up better over a month to say two months you know where Mm -hmm. like you know you people go crazy over like trying IPAs as fresh as they can. And a lot of times like you're lucky if you get to try something as fresh as you possibly can. Like sometimes shit just doesn't hit the shelves for a few weeks. You know, that's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm used to drinking stuff that's 
let's say a month old and it still tastes really good. This is a month old and I'm not crazy about it. And so I'm not really, so I'm kind of concerned about what it would taste like even, even fresh. I, I'm not super sure that it would be my style of IPA necessarily even then. So I'm going to, I'm going to give this one a not dig just based, oh. Oh, just based <laughs> on the fact that, you know, I don't know. It just it just didn't do it for me compared, especially compared to other IPAs that I've had. I mean, we had that. Uh, what was that? That Stone and Joy buy that was over a year old. Yeah, that like still had still some still was kind of good. It yeah. was still kind of kicking. Like neither of us even like thought about even had a question as to whether that was a dig or a don't. Right. We were both like, "That's a dig." Like surprisingly yeah. like that like, is, wait a minute you like this i like it okay that good. was a total we dig like this all right and you know jeff was trying to like pull some shit on us by bringing us a year old enjoy by but and the fact that this is only you know a month and three days old and it's it's already lost for me if it's supposed to have those hot characteristics maybe my tongue is dead but like it's just not there for me so that's I, I do hope it's still around when I... Um, yeah, I... I well, you know, it's probably not because August. If they only go through August, I mean, they, they might have... Again, I bet you if you can find it... I probably can't find it on draft. It's probably... If you can fresh. find cans, there's still this same this same batch. Yeah. So, uh, is what it is. But... Uh, um, and, and we didn't get to uh, Atalanta, which is their uh, tart plum sour, because I only have one can left, and I'm greedy, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You don't have to share that with me. It's, it's okay. okay. It's all right. I'll get some more. I'll get some more next week. It's the year round, but that one is uh, like buy all that. That's just incredible. Um, I'm excited. I'll, 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 bring, it, yeah. I'll bring back some for you. That's Thanks, okay. Nick. It'll be fresh. It'll be fresh, fresh. So yeah, we see. This is proof that we have different opinions. I think that we've been pretty much on the same level with a lot of stuff, but. You know, we're getting there. We're start to, we're, we're starting there. to have hot takes. The 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 riff is starting to form between the two of us. No, <laughs> we're, we're five episodes in. We're okay. It's starting we're, to go downhill. We're still buds. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh that wraps it up. We yeah. we kept it pretty simple tonight. I, yeah. You know, I don't I, have to drive home, but I I I'd be fine if I did. I do, but yeah. Also, <laughs> and I think we're we're zeroing in on our shortest episode yet. Wow! So, look at that. Okay. Uh, yeah, for you, the listener, what a fantastic Marmaduke this is. <laughs> what a fantastic Marmaduke. <laughs> my, my wife listened to the episode the other day, and I was like, what do you think? She's like, it was good, Marmaduke. I was like, yes. All right, sweet. Still, and sweet. If you, yeah, and also uh, hashtag talk to Phil. Yeah, we, we did talk to Phil, and it went fairly well. At least our internet interactions with him um, uh the wig seems interested in. Yeah, we may have a sponsor. We, we have someone actually. We gets might a be ship. sponsored, so you know we might. Be we got getting, a f- we got a few good streams in the last episode. M- so yeah, we're, we're we still might be getting there. to more to more listeners slash having some more professional equipment. Maybe we we're not we won't sure. have to hold the mics the whole time. We, we don't. My hand is tired. <laughs> we're not sure where this is gonna go, but uh, you know, just just keep on the lookout for it, and you know. We should do we should do something special for for Suts Week. I'm sure we could figure something out. Well, we'll have to do something very. We have an event where we just do like a live recording or something. And yeah, we'll definitely have to do a live recording, but I mean, like something like very entertaining. We'll, we'll come <laughs> up with it. Stay tuned. Well, is that the oh, what are we talking about? Like doing a a drink in every minute or something or oh. like a power hours worth thing or oh, oh no the six pack thing yes where we all drink us we have to drink a so six this pack. is yeah this is a 
this has uh, always been an idea of mine for a video series called uh, Six Deep, where <laughs> Chuck is on the mic. We have, we have a special guest. Chuck Norris is here. Uh, Mr. Norris, what do you have to say? That's very insightful. He got some good, like... <laughs> he got He's some, smelling the microphone. Yeah. Chuck um, Norris is my cat, by the way. We, we had, I've, I've had this idea for a long time where uh, the interviewer drinks a six-pack and then interviews a very sober guest. And so now that we have this podcast, we can both drink six-packs oh and either do something like, like review a film or an album or interview a guest. Um, so that'll be like an all just off episode. Be on the look <laughs> for the for the six deep video series uh, <laughs> coming soon ish. Maybe we'll just drink a six pack. Or our, our first review will be Meow the Jewels. Yes, whenever uh, we can get this together, <laughs> we are gonna get tanked and review some stuff. So um, that, that could be really interesting. I think it would be very fun. That. I can I'm clearly we're not professional, so why the no, fuck does it matter? I get concerned <laughs> though, because that first uh that that first uh you know, you bring it, we drink it bottle share episode that we did, I got very like whiny at the end of that episode. <laughs> I got very just like, Oh, my girlfriend left me. Like, you know, she just lit- <laughs> she went and ate dinner with my friends, Cam, which I Cam told is her a very was cool. emotional drunk. But yeah, um, I just got very like just like where my friends like and i don't want to do that again that was embarrassing <laughs> for me <laughs> so our intro for the six deep episode will be uh cam just crying uncontrollably <laughs> into the microphone <laughs> that'll be fun i hope not but you know on the name of social experiments so uh yeah for nick i'm cam for Cam, I'm Nick. For Chuck. <laughs> that was good. I, had to, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was trying to go back and forth. Uh, for Chuck, we are Nick and Cam. and Say goodbye, Chuck. You said goodbye. It was a good one. Yeah, I could hear it. It's males. All right. Drink Pog Repeat. And uh, I will uh, follow us on the internet. Spring Potter Find Pete. us at the things with the Twitter. We're on the Facebook and we're on the uh, Instagram. No, we're not on the Instagram. No. We're on the Twitter. Should we get on the Instagram? No. When, no. I mean, it's just going to be me posting pictures of the It'd just be pictures of the beer plus microphone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Follow Brewbus for all your uh, Brewbus and needs. Come ride the Brewbus for anything. Uh, drink Blogger Pete for Come to the sets we call those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marmaduke, hashtag talk to Phil, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks.